0: This is Dan Watson, Uncancelled. Let's go. Joe Biden doing nothing to allay fears of cognitive decline. His latest ad-lib disaster in a Warsaw speech over the weekend sparked chaos as everyone nervously awaited Russia's response.
1: Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia, for free people refused to live in a world of hopelessness and darkness. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principles, hope and light, of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power.
0: White House officials quickly went into panic mode to try and undo the damage from what has been seen as Biden's biggest gaffe of his presidency so far. They rushed out a statement insisting the US is not looking for regime change in Russia. Former President Donald Trump suggests the damage has already been done. You put him into
1: a corner and when you talk the way they're talking, you know, they're talking weak and yet they're almost giving him an incentive. It's uh, They're handling him very badly, in my opinion. We have people that don't know what they're doing and it's the most dangerous time in the history of our country, in my opinion. I don't think our country has ever been in greater danger than it is right now because of the power of certain weapons that I know very well.
0: Neil Oliver, is is Donald Trump right? These loose lips from from Biden putting us at
2: threat. I I think he is right about that. Yes, this is such a a fragile and volatile time for the whole world. Uh, And, you know, it's worth remembering that throughout the, the US has been carefully making it clear that there are limits to its involvement and that there are limits for nato um that nato and uh, and the us have, have kept clear of 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 a no-fly zone uh and it's so much a time of diplomacy careful careful diplomacy but for, for the sake of the people of ukraine you want the hostilities to come to an end as, as soon as they possibly can and that will that will surely mean negotiation and anything contrary to that anything that risks warmongering or or increasing the temperature in something that is already dangerously hot potentially for the whole world apart, apart from what's happening explicitly in the in the theater of of ukraine and it is it is very worrying to watch president biden who can say what's what? What his state of mind is, and how cognitively capable he actually is. But he certainly, he certainly looks frail, and and he certainly looks as if he struggles, uh, you know, to keep up with with his speeches and and what he's you know, the message we'll that he's trying be. to get across. And and what, as you say, if it's ad libbing, it's difficult to tell, isn't it? Because he always looks as if he's looking from screen to screen uh, of an auto cue. But if he is ad-libbing, then it's it's no time for that kind of off-piste, uh, free-form talking. You know, he's he's already said carelessly that if Russia used chemical weapons, that America would reply in kind, and that had to be walked back. And then he made his comments about 82nd Airborne. He said to them, when you're there, or words to that effect, you will see. And they had to walk that back, that there were no intentions to put, you know, US soldiers uh, on the ground. And now this thing about saying that you know putin must not be allowed to continue to rule many commentators across the piece have been saying that with a man like putin you do not back him into a corner because russia has got more nuclear weapons than any other than any other state uh, and it, it seems to be generally thought that if he's if it becomes existential for him which is to say if he thinks either russia or himself mm. is physically threatened then he would be likely to take the nuclear option, that he would go there. And so that is not an individual to be provoked, especially if it's happening because an old man, an elderly man, at the end of his cognitive strength is, is just carelessly uh, stepping into a potential minefield.
0: Now, I think you're completely right about that, Neil. The question is, what the heck do we do? I mean, there's a totally incompetent <coughs> VP and the idea of Kamala Harris being in charge is equally worrying, if not more, to be completely honest. And we're meant to see leadership from the US. So, so, so how do we and how does Boris Johnson tackle an American president in cognitive decline?
2: Well, I think it, it would appear that the White House is, for, uh, for whatever reason, that that Mr. Biden is saying the things that he's saying. Whether it's mistakes or whether he whether he genuinely means what he's saying, who who could say? But the White House and and the broader U.S. state seems always to be very quickly walking back and 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 clearing up the mess. And I'm, I'd almost be tempted to think that such is the 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 extent to which. Uh, Joe Biden is perceived on the world stage as, well, you know, cognitively challenged, let's say, and, you know, people talk about senility and all the rest of it. There may actually even be an understanding out there uh, and in Russia that that what Mr. Biden is saying that there a, a certain amount of leeway has to be taken and the speed with which the White House come in behind them to tidy up the mess, you know, seems to suggest that, that they're well aware of the problem as well. But yes, it the the thing has to end with negotiation you know surely enough people too many people have already suffered and died Mm. and it has to get to negotiation you know wars don't sort out who's right wars sort out who's left and with with every death it's a it's it's a it's a loss and we have to get to the point you know ukraine has has fought uh, it has it has made it clear that it wishes to remain an independent country, it has held the line, it has done everything that could possibly be expected of it, and ultimately there has to be a negotiation and that has to be brokered on Ukraine and Russia's behalf by other, well potentially maybe cooler heads, it, it ends at negotiation. And, and and we have to get there and i think i think in answer to your question what do we do i think maybe, perhaps the world is aware that the the leader of the free world is is a, a an elderly man at the end of his rope and that but not reacting to the things that such a man says in the way that you know maybe somebody who was deemed fully in charge of all of his faculties might be judged i think i think there might even be a, a, a sense in which the world knows that that joe biden is at the end of the road
0: Fascinating insight, Neil Oliver. Thank you so much. We'll speak again next week. My next guest is a Zimbabwean-born British rapper who's fighting for civil liberties in an entertainment industry that has given up on freedom of speech. Rising star Flint Bedrock moved to the UK as a 17-year-old in 2003, totally alone, and determined to pursue a career in music as a way of promoting critical thinking and rallying against cancel culture. Coming from a country like Zimbabwe, which had a long struggle with civil rights, he's concerned the West is taking its freedom for granted and sacrificing liberty in the name of political correctness. And he's been channelling that into his music.
3: Have a listen. So many people trying to stop me and stop me from speaking. So many people trying to keep me and keep me from thinking. But I'm awake and I'm tired, I'm tired of sleeping. No going back, no going back. Mental prison,
0: slavery of the mind. Keeping us in line Propaganda Controls our youth Stolen culture Broken truth And I'm delighted that Flint Bedrock joins me in the studio tonight. Flint, slavery of the mind. I, I like that. <laughs> but why are you one of the only young artists in the music industry prepared to speak up for our civil liberties. It's so disturbing.
3: The thing is, it's a very difficult thing to do. You know, it comes Mm. with a lot of uh, pushback. Mm. And particularly when you're somebody of my persuasion, it's something that is perhaps not seen to be something you should be doing.
0: And is that because the music industry is just so woke?
3: Yes. And it's also the stereotypes that all black people are on the left, on the left, And so how do you deal with that? It's been a struggle. But for me, I think uh, the purpose behind what I do drives me to keep pushing, even though there's a lot of resistance. And I just uh, realize that it's a space that somebody needs to take up. You know, there's a need for for, for somebody to speak up for that.
0: It is. And, and, and look, lots of what you say mm. is is going viral. Mm. Uh, so, for example, when it came to the Freedom Convoy, something we spoke about a lot on this show, of course, you say Antifa riots cause considerably more harm mm. and distress than the Freedom Convoy, mm. and yet the mainstream media will have you thinking truckers are terrorists. Mm. The fact is people have had enough of governments politicising
3: COVID. So, so these are very brave, brave opinions. Mm. I think a lot of people see what's happening for what it is. But this speaks, again, to, to, to the whole issue of freedom of speech. People no longer feel like they can actually say what they think and, mm. and, and what they feel uh, because of cancel culture. You know, people are afraid of losing their livelihoods, of being canceled, deplatformed, of being ostracized. So this is the result of, of, of this PC culture that we find ourselves in.
0: I think that's the most worrying thing, Is and I'm sure you're the same, but mm. I often get high profile people, including those in the music industry, mm. contacting me privately mm. to say, I love what you're saying or keep going, but they know that they couldn't speak publicly or at least they know that they couldn't speak publicly if they want to continue making the big bucks in the music and TV industry.
3: It's interesting you should say that because just yesterday I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, quite prominent uh, actress in Hollywood, and she was telling me that, guess what I spent yesterday doing? I created a fake Twitter account just so that I can vent because (laughs) I don't feel like I can talk and speak on the issues that I see using my own yeah. account and still be able to keep a job. So that is terrible. Yeah. Do some of these celebrities and musicians, Flint, have to be braver
0: though? Because you've said, this is too important to me. Mm-hmm. I don't mind if it costs me some career opportunities because I have to stand up to power and I have to stand up for our freedoms. I have to stand up for our civil liberties. So. Some of these millionaires should surely be a bit
3: braver. Absolutely. I think it's a matter of uh, principle uh, because ultimately, as artists, we are supported by the public and we need to be a little bit more brave, you know, because there's a lot of people there whose opinions are not being represented uh, and it's up to people like myself to be able to, to, to speak up. So I think it's a very cowardly thing uh, not to speak up. And uh, this is something that that, that you see across the board. There's a lot of people that want to speak, but they just don't feel like they can. They're told by their management, by their publicists, it's a suicide. We
0: saw a bit of this woke Hollywood hypocrisy last night Mm -hmm. at the Oscars Oscars with this physical altercation on stage between Will Smith and Chris Rock. What did you make of it?
3: Uh, I was actually talking about that uh, with my taxi driver earlier, and my take on it is it's very difficult. Where do you draw the line, you know, between a joke and and something being offensive? Uh, personally, I think under the circumstances that obviously there is a medical condition there. Perhaps uh, Chris Rock could, could have been a bit kinder and avoided that. But in the same breath, the reaction that Will Smith took was a bit over the top. Mm. Um, All in all, this is just reflective of of wider issues that we have in society, I suppose.
0: Yeah, I think what I found most fascinating, because I agree with that analysis, but what I found most fascinating Mm. is you have this room Mm. of the wokest people in the world And none of them had any issues. So so they've been lecturing us for the entire night about all sorts of things, whether it be gender pay Mm. or toxic masculinity or black Twitter, a whole load of quite divisive political issues. Mm. They literally watch a man physically assault someone on stage and then they give him a standing ovation a few minutes later. It just showed to me the shallowness of Hollywood's morality.
3: Exactly, because that is a pure demonstration of what toxic masculinity is, isn't it? Uh, There is no better example of it than to literally walk across the stage and slap somebody Mm. live on TV, Uh, and yet they remain silent. Mm. And this speaks to the bigger agenda that this is not really that they genuinely believe in these things that they're propagating, uh, there's perhaps a bigger agenda to it.
0: Well, look, we want to support you, Flint, because it is so good to have a rapper Mm -hmm. who is prepared to say what they think. So how can we listen to your latest music? Is it on Spotify, all the streaming platforms?
3: Uh, Yes. So everything to do with me is found under Flint Bedrock. Uh, You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.
0: Then thank you so much. Keep speaking up and doing the right thing. Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Now it's time for our positive professor, Carol Sakura. And if you thought the government's comments about learning to live with COVID marked an end to lockdown politics, go and talk to those imprisoned in care homes. With government guidance and the sector remaining largely unchanged, care homes still, yes, still, can't believe this, have to lock down if they have two or more cases. That means stopping communal activities for residents, restricting visitors and closing the home to new admissions. Families report their loved ones are being kept in their rooms 24 hours a day, even having their Mother's Day gifts quarantined. Carol Sakura joins me. Now, Carol, I mean, this is just madness to me. It's not learning to live with the pandemic. And how are we punishing folk in care homes without science to back it up. I mean, by the way, there's absolutely no reason why a gift to a care home has to be quarantined for three days. It's just mad.
1: It's... complete nonsense. Dan. Last week, I had a really moving experience. I went to a funeral of a dear old friend from Cambridge oh, when I was first a consultant. And I had to collect a colleague who'd been a professor of cancer mm-hmm. medicine uh, in a northern city for many years, a very distinguished guy. He was in a care home. He's a bit older than me. And uh, I collected him. I went to the care home. They wouldn't let me in. They wouldn't go and get him i couldn't believe it i tried phoning him his mobile was busy uh, and he came down in the end and we got to the funeral just in time but uh, i was just absolutely appalled that they had a couple of cases and as you just said everyone's locked up in their rooms i mean it's just absolute stupidity. Uh, and it creates this atmosphere of fear within the care home. And to actually quarantine Mother's Day presents, it, I mean, its it really is ridiculous. And who makes up these rules, for goodness sake?
0: So what can families do, Carol, if they are impacted by this? Because I feel like we need folks speaking out.
1: We do. I think the care home management has to be called to 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 account for why they're doing it. There has to be a justification for things. And, you know, even the hospitals are beginning to open up. You can have visitors in hospitals, uh, or even in Wales, which is about the most careful country we've got in the four British countries. Um, Ridiculously careful, may I say. But, you know, if that's the case, then surely care homes should be opening up. And I think relatives have to be careful. You don't want to antagonise the staff. They're just being told what to do by management. It may be the wrong thing it's not the nice lady at the door's fault that she wouldn't let me in so there's no point swearing at her that's not going to get you anywhere Uh, i think more importantly just write email, justify the policy you have of locking people up in their rooms for prolonged periods of time. Old people are frail. They're also fragile mentally, and they get greatly affected by this. And so, you know, whether they watch your show, Dan, I'm not so sure, but they certainly watch the BBC and they get frightened. And we've got to come out of that fear. We've got to and you do in your show. You make people realise it's not as bad as is portrayed by some of the mainstream media, although you're now part of the mainstream media, of course. But I think we've got to move on, and care homes have to move on as well.
0: Yeah, we're outsiders here, that's for sure. Uh, Carol, and I think it would be a very good piece of advice to ban the BBC in all care homes to stop terrifying <laughs> people. That would be a good start. Carol Sakura. positive A good professor. one, a Thank good you. one. Carol, we'll speak next week. Dan Button here again. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of my podcast, Uncancelled. Did you like what you hear? Well, remember to subscribe, rate and review and join me for more news-making interviews, fiery debate and free speech on Dan Button Tonight every Monday to Thursday from 9pm till 11pm on GB News.